A good friend reminded me recently that this is my podcast, and I don't have to start every show by saying the name of the program and explaining who I am. This is not like old radio. I can just go. We can just begin. Now, this program has long been about underreported topics, and if I were compiling a list of places in the world we rarely hear from, which also happen to be places where people's lives hang in the balance of something positive and something negative, a future and, and no future, Bosnia would be high on that list. And I had the good fortune of being there earlier, uh, just a few weeks ago. Now, the Bosnian War ended in 1995. It lasted more than three years, left close to 100,000 people dead. In the end, there was the Dayton Agreement, which ended the war and established this complicated nation, which we now know as the Republic of Bosnia and Herzegovina. As part of my Bosnia visit, I wanted to, for myself and for you, the audience, get a crash course in what's happening in the country today and why. You might call it a Bosnia 101 class in about 40 minutes. So for this reason, and thanks to the help of friends who have worked in Bosnia over the years, I got in touch with our guest today, Kurt Basiner, an independent policy analyst in Sarajevo, Bosnia and Herzegovina. He's also a co-founder and senior associate of the Democratization Policy Council. His writing has appeared in places like the Washington Post, Christian Science Monitor, International Herald Tribune, and many other places. He's fully immersed in today's Bosnian reality. He's someone who you'd be lucky, and I felt very fortunate, to get to sit down with and talk to at an empty cafe in central Sarajevo. What is Bosnia today? Uh, it's a republic, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but but how does it function, and who who's functioning in it? Well, I mean, demographically, it's country. We haven't had a census since, since 1991, so we don't know how many residents there are exactly. But we have a pretty good estimate. It's it's probably under four million, closer to like 3.7 million people. Um, it's functioning under a constitution that was part of the Dayton Peace Agreement that was negotiated in November 1995 um, that ended a war that lasted three and a half years. Uh, What it did was it created a a political system. There are two entities that have a lot of the attributes of of what we normally considered state functions. Uh, The Federation of Bosnia-Herzegovina and the Republika Srpska. Uh, they each have roughly half the territory. It's a 51-49 split. The only thing that falls outside the ambit of those two is is a district called Birchko up in the northeast. That was put up to binding arbitration because uh, at the peace agreement they couldn't agree on who was going to get it. It was one of the first places they got ethnically cleansed in 1992. And it's strategic because it connects the two halves of Republika Srpska without, without that it's not contiguous mm-hmm. and so um uh, that is in essence you could call it a third entity it's 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 run outside the ambit of either either entity it's a it's technically a condominium but it, it's it's self-governed so already you've got a lot of complexity and on top of that you the federation is subdivided into 10 cantons many of which have have a lot of their own functions they run the police they have they have they they have local judiciary um 
they have their own prime ministers and cantonal assemblies. And the, so there's, for, for a very small country, you have a lot of governance, uh, but I wouldn't say that that, the, that really serves the citizens particularly well. Mm. Um, Regardless of what kind of citizen... Right. I think, I think, I think that that's, that's actually something that's quite unifying for, for the citizens of this country is that they all recognize how poorly served they are. Uh, by by their government, uh, and there's very little. Uh, before before you started recording, I mean, I had mentioned that 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 quite often that complexity throws people off the scent of what actually is going on, and in essence, you have a you have a ruling class that was established at the Dayton Peace Agreement, uh, or recognized actually. They came up during the war, and some of them even predated the war. Uh, that runs everything. You're talking about probably less than 10,000 people all told, and that would include their families. But they, they, uh, politics is a for-profit enterprise here. Uh, and politics, there's a political business criminal nexus. Okay. And so that, go sorry. Business and government or criminal business and government know each other. Oh, very much so. There, there, there's, there's almost no degrees of separation among them. Uh, and 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 and, uh, and technically above board business is is, is politically infused. So um, you, I, I've forgotten to answer the most basic part of your question, which is just you know you have you have three constituent peoples in Bosnia Herzegovina, uh, uh, Bosniaks. All, during the war, they were they were they were, and before the war, they're commonly called Muslims. Uh, Bosniak was a term that was sort of adopted during the war, uh, though it antedated that. Uh, Croats, they're the smallest group. When we have the next census, whenever that is, it's scheduled for October this year, but I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, they'll probably come out as less than 10% of the population. And Serbs, uh, who are the second largest group, um, at least in the 1991 census, they were in the high 30s, if I'm not mistaken, percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh in any case, uh, you add, but that that description, there are a lot more people than that in the sense of more types of people. You have 17 recognized national minorities, uh, most of whom are quite assimilated. But part of that is part of the Habsburg inheritance. You know, you had Poles who were cutting wood in central Bosnia. You, you had Italians. You had Ukrainians who came, who brought were brought in to farm or came to farm. Uh, and then you, but the bigger, far bigger group is they call. Under the current constitution, they're called others, which means you just you're a leftover. You don't f- fit within any of these baskets, and that could mean you're from a mixed marriage. It could mean you're 100% X, Y, or Z, but you don't identify with that. You identify yourself as Bosnian or Herzegovinian or something else, Yugoslav. Even there used to be that used to be a, a category, and there's still I still know some people who consider themselves Yugoslavs to this day. So it's a uh, but uh, your rights are attached to what your identity is. Uh, so that's, you, had, you had mentioned the case um, from the European Court of Human Rights. It's known as the sedic Finci case after the two plaintiffs. Uh, Dervo Sedic is of Rome, uh, and uh, Jakob Finci is a Sephardic Jew, because a lot of Sephardic Jews were welcomed here after the conquest, reconquest of Iberia. They came from my people. Yes, yes, and, so they, and they came here. They were welcomed by the sultan, and, and uh, so you still had Ladino spoken, and you still have it spoken liturgically here. And, and, and uh, in any event, these two uh, sued because they could not, uh, they can't run for president unless they call themselves Serb, Croat, or Bosniak. 
-hmm. can't be represented on the presidency, and there are three, three representatives on the presidency, and they can't be in one of that chambers of parliament. So they won their case at the end of 2009, and it's still not implemented. Right, because if they win their case, then what? They win the right. Well, they won. The, 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 the winning the case means that the Constitution has to be changed to to be compliant with the ruling, but it hasn't happened yet because it it got hijacked by by the domestic dynamics in politics. I'm big into the passage of time. I mean, sometimes I think time is the enemy as we get older. But um, when I think about it, I've been hanging out with a few young Bosnians, in my mind Bosnians, because we don't talk so much about, about their, their heritage, not yet anyway. No. But one thing I have heard is that these kids are under 20 years old, mm-hmm. and they consider themselves Bosnia-Herzegovinian. Or, mm-hmm. or, but uh, they've talked about how when they fill out forms or apply for something... They write other. Yeah. I mean, it's. I wonder, like, how, you know, there must be a lot of these kids who grew up in the last 20 years who look around and go, it's not perfect, but this is my country. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's actually remarkable because in that age cohort you're talking about, these are people who don't, don't remember Yugoslavia. If they're 20, they can't because it, it did cease to exist. Uh, but... And you have an educational system that's designed to indoctrinate you to to think think a certain way about the history of your country, and the fact. So, in essence, if they have that mentality, they're coloring outside the lines. Uh, because, because okay. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, when you go to school, you get you, you get you get path. you get you get the version of history whoever runs the school wants you to get. Uh, so, if you're in Republika Srpska, you know it was a defensive war. In theory, uh, and if uh, if you're in a Croat majority area, you're told that your language is different than what other people in the country speak, which linguistically is is questionable. Uh, and if you go to school, say here in Canton Sarajevo, I mean, I haven't reviewed the textbooks, but I know a lot of people have. And and of course, this is you, you'll see the monuments here. You know, the, 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 the Serb criminals did this, that, or the other thing in shelling, and, and they, they were shelled from above the hills. But the, that characterization—it wasn't like Repu- forces of Republika Srpska, the Srpski's Lochinci, which which means Serb criminals. So you get—it's a stacked deck. There's not a lot of honest historical inquiry in the curriculum because it's more 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 in the sense of indoctrination. So when you have people of that age group who are thinking that way, they're already not nonconformists. And yet they have no real place, at least in the administrative side of this country. They're they're, they're putting themselves at a disadvantage by not identifying with one of those groups in in terms of public sector employment, in terms of of fitting in to the system. I mean, you could get, in in a more cosmopolitan place like Sarajevo, you could probably get away, to, away with it more easy, easily. You're more anonymous. But even here, you're not anonymous. It's still a village. I mean, if you... if you know, I've been here eight years, and I, I, you can't go out without tripping over people you know.
one thing I hear about here in, in Bosnia, economically, things are bad. Uh, there is no money, or, or I, at least that's what I gather from the taxi drivers and, and the younger friends. Um, that has to play a huge role in how this country works or doesn't work. I mean, a, a lack of, of a good economy or, or money in general. Well, it's... it's uh, Bosnia's productive economy never really recovered from the war. Uh, it's... Uh, you'll... A lot, there's not a lot of economic production here. There's some, but, uh, but not what it was previously, and it's not... Um, uh, there's no... It's a very difficult climate to do anything economically productive in. You have a very large public sector, and that's kept large for patronage purposes. So kids, parents want their kids to get a government job if they can because it's safer, it's harder to get fired, you'll get your social benefits paid, at least in theory. Uh, and those are quite exorbitant. Uh, because there are fewer people paying in uh, and more and more people taking out. Uh, and that's a problem that's not unique to Bosnia, but it's, it's, it's uniquely pronounced here. Uh, on top of that, um, it was very much reliant on, on external funding uh, and inf infusions from family members abroad. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was that even went before the war. There were a lot of Gastarbeiter who went to Germany and Austria and Sweden and 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 shoveled money back. Uh, so uh, that d that tapered off when those economies did were, were were hit by the global crisis. It's still coming in, but not in the same amount. Uh, so there's they're hitting the wall. I mean, the, the, the numbers aren't they they need a constant infusion just to keep making payroll. Right. Uh, and, and I think we're coming up on, within the next few months, the, the wheels coming off on that. Yeah, it seems like the um, international attention for Bosnia ended long ago. Um, and yet, I mean, the country is still looking around for outside, some kind of outside uh, money. Uh, it's... it's, it's it, uh, the system that, that Bosnia is saddled with straitjackets its ability to, to develop itself. Uh, and, uh, and so you've got a, a predatory... Is it possible to be predatory and parasitical at the same time? I guess so. But you have a political class that, that, that really is that. Uh, and it limits the ability of anybody with initiative. It's an initiative-destroying machine, the, the governing system of this country. And you're right, international attention has moved to points east or away in general. Uh, and I think that, that, that we're collectively, there was the hope that somehow European integration would just solve the problem and Bosnia would slip into the European mainstream and its politicians would want to walk through the, the open door that the EU had uh, for the region, but uniquely in the region, Bosnia's politicians have not. And the only conclusion one could draw uh, is that they don't want to. Uh, it's not uh, their citizens would benefit from it, but they wouldn't because they would, if you have to adopt rules about transparency, regulations, and, 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 and uh, consumer protections, and you, you name it, the whole thing, everything that's in the acquis communautaire, um, that's bad for their, their business model. Uh, so so uh, we've been trying to bang that square peg into a round hole for a very long time, 
and it's not working. It's demonstrably not working. And I think the time you're coming now is is a unique time because, uh, in my in my experience here, because I've never seen people as frustrated as they are now. Uh, I, I don't know whether that's going to develop in a positive direction. I, it could theoretically, and, and I, I would hope that it's catalyzed in some way that that it does. Um, but they're they're enormously frustrated with their political elites and the international community, which is, I know is a is a blob term, but here specifically that means the countries that uh, undertook responsibilities to enforce the Dayton Peace Agreement. Uh, there's a an organization, or it's not an organization, it's a body called the, the Peace Implementation Council, and it has a steering board that consists of the United States, Britain, France, Germany, Italy, Russia, Turkey, which represents the organization of the Islamic Conference, the European Commission, and both the Netherlands and Spain are in observer roles. Uh, so when people talk about the international community, they mean that and the and and the EU basically. What does that group have to do? It it it's uh, the the international high representative represents them, okay. and he's the final interpreter of the Dayton Peace Agreement, which includes the constitution of the country. That's Annex Four. Um, so uh, when people say the international community, they mean that. So it's it's less it's less of a morphous term than than it would be other places, um, but they're at a loss of what to do. They don't know what the hell to do. Their formulas aren't working. I think bureaucratic uh, bureaucratic vanity and and covering their tails uh, is is one of the main impediments to developing a policy that can actually work here. Because if you're changing the policy, you're admitting the previous policy isn't working and. Uh, nobody wants to do that. But they, they, they can't even fake it anymore. They, they are genuinely out of ideas. You're listening to Citizen Reporter. The topic is Bosnia. The guest is Kurt Bessiner. people. The impression I get is that if given the choice, you know, Republika Srpska would break away, maybe, the, I don't think, the, but that the country would divide itself up. Uh, I don't know why I've gotten that impression, but mm. that's the impression I've gotten. Well, a lot it's, of politicians who would, who, would, who would embrace that and promote that. Yeah. So people are still more, they're in a whole different way. I mean, that's what I wonder, if people themselves are going, that's what I want. I want to get away from that group up there. You know, I, less and less, uh, which isn't, which is, which is weird because you would, you would assume that, you know, the, 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 the economic deprivation and desperation, uh, certainly it's, it's, it's ripe for exploitation politically. And, and, and the two, two levers that the, the, the vested elites have to maintain their, their status, uh, have been patronage, but now there's that's a lot harder to do because they don't have the money to play with anymore. And fear, fear is free. You know, the printing presses for fear never, never overheat. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think the biggest problem is it's it's very hard to build critical mass here. It's hard to do harder to do that than anywhere else I've ever been. Uh, everybody knows they're being exploited. It's not news to them. I mean, you, they they could they could cite you chapter and verse. They know they're being robbed. They know their kids' futures are being being stunted. 
Uh, they know that they're being manipulated or that they're, they're, the politicians are doing everything they can to try to turn them against each other. They know, they know all that, uh, but they're still scared. And it's so that everybody is a rational actor in this system. It's just perverse incentives that, that bring us to where we are now. So, uh, yes, there are, there are certainly people who would espouse uh, dividing the country, Republika Srpska, subdividing what's left over. Uh, there are people, politicians who, who talk about a Bosniak national state, which would include parts of Serbia. Uh, I don't think they'd have a, a snowball's chance in hell of being able to realize their agenda, except as a fun, as as a, as a presenting it as a way to save what could be saved. Mm. But even people did try that during the war, uh, saying, "Okay, well, if everybody's grabbing their piece, we want it too," and it didn't sell. Yeah. So, um, people here are a hell of a lot more ma- rational than they give themselves credit for. Right. Uh, I've yet to meet a Bosnian who thinks she or he is uh, they all think they're more moderate than the norm. Uh, they don't recognize that they are the norm. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, there's a lot to worry. It's not a hopeless situation. The problem is that the, the, we, we, the context that, that exists now is not conducive to, to catalyzing a solution. If, if, if the external actors would recognize in their own interests that with very little... Uh, with very little change in their approach uh, in terms of, you know, what their outlay is, what their responsibilities are, but a different philosoph- philosophical approach to dealing with Bosnia were, were adopted that they could actually end up with a durable solution where, where they won't have to be, you know, sitting on the edge of their chairs waiting for things to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and that's very simple. Germany's the key to that, frankly. I mean, if, if the German policy changes, the whole international policy changes. Uh, but what change? It would it would it would be it would essentially be saying to everybody in this country that until you have a system that we could adopt, are uh, are are functioning as a state, uh, you can't join our clubs because we already have enough screwed up members. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to enforce the bad old rules until you agree to new rules. Right now, what we have is a rules-free environment, essentially, because the, uh, we're not enforcing them anymore because we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to get left holding the bag, particularly the Europeans. Uh, we, I'm using big collective we, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, America's outside the blast radius, if you will. Europe's not. Uh, they're going to get stuck with the tab. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, 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 it's in their own interest to prevent it going south. It's very easy to do. It won't cost them. It's not a real... It would probably cost them less when you add up all the different line items from the various budgets. Because right now, I mean, the EU is the main main creditor uh, or investor in the IMF, right? Mm-hmm. And IMF standby arrangements are what keep, what is keeping government afloat here. Uh, if they said, we're not going to continue to shove, shovel in our taxpayers' money to a doomed system, but... If anybody is going to try to employ violence, we're going to clobber you. And we're already legally obligated to do that, to, to, but we're not, nobody wants to do it. There are only 600, 600 troops here now. Mm-hmm. You don't need a massive number. You need a different deployment plan. But you, you need a different philosophy. That's the main thing, that uh, there is no evolutionary. This is an evolutionary dead end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dayton system is an evolutionary dead end because the people who would have to take the initiative to change the system are the biggest beneficiaries of the system. 
So, so, so if we want to change their incentives, we need to close the exits that they're going for. Everybody with an unfulfilled agenda now in Bosnia, and there are a lot of them, there are more than three, uh, is going for it because they see no resistance. So, so if there's a, if there's an arg- those who want uh, an increasingly independent Republika Srpska are going for it. It's very difficult to... It's always easy to vector social discontent in an ethnic, ethnic direction. Uh, uh, we, external actors, the one value added, the biggest value added we have here is our ability to negate that fear factor. Uh, and we did it for 10 years. Uh, when I arrived here in 2005, nobody thought a return to conflict was possible. The worst that anybody thought was possible was stagnation. Mm. But we're not stagnating. We're going backwards in, in, uh, by any number of indicators. Economic well-being, stability. People are genuinely worried that their worst nightmare can come true, whatever your worst nightmare is. For, so for over, over the hill, for somebody in, in, in Republika Srpska, it's, oh, well, you know, the, the, those larger groups are going to, you know, the Bosniaks are going to gang up with the Croats and screw us and dictate terms. Mm-hmm. For Croats, who are the smallest group, uh, it'll, it's, uh, well, we're, we're an afterthought. We're not even considered an equal part player. For Bosniaks, it's, the country might fall apart. Not just Bosniaks, but anybody who identifies with the state. Uh, and uh, as I discussed earlier, you know, there are a lot of people who don't, don't happily fit into those boxes. And under, if they're not under pressure, they would probably not think in those boxes. But when they're cornered, uh, you, you know, you're fighting Maslow's pyramid here all the time, and self-preservation trumps everything else. Uh, and that's how you get that conscious, that conscious recognition that you're being screwed, but going along with getting screwed because you're afraid of the alternative. It's a place, a little bit unlike any other place I've ever been, where you meet a lot of people who are veterans, who are doing all kinds of jobs. I mean, essentially, most men that I've met are Mm -hmm. veterans if they're above the age of 30. Yeah. Um, And they'll tell you, you know, oh, yeah, I still talk to my commanding officer, or, you know, I I took shrapnel here, and and everybody's got a bit of a story. Um, Mm -hmm. What I don't get from listening to them, what I don't hear, is any desire to ever return to anything like that. And yet, you'll get told that this place could fall apart and conflict could return. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm left wondering like, who would fight because, although people are frustrated and they're, they're worried, uh, especially economically and politically and corruption, mm-hmm. they're not or are they? I mean, they don't seem to be busy hating their neighbors. There's no, 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 no. There's, you don't see a lot of itchy trigger fingers. I mean, one of the surest indicators and one that uh, differentiates Bosnia, say, from Kosovo or somewhere. That I've never ever heard of what in Kosovo is commonly termed a revenge killing here. Uh, you know, you had 100,000 people killed in three and a half years. And, you know, here in Sarajevo, we're sitting outside and you can still see some of the heights. So you could kill at a distance here. It was, it was a, so, so it was a little less personal. Mm. Where most of the country, you know exactly who did what to whom. And they're probably still there. Uh, guns are not hard to come by. 
I mean, this is the National Rifle Association's wet dream. They, they would have a ball uh, with what some people have in their insurance policy in the back shed. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And, and as somebody who has not lived through a war, the only way I could decode that is people saw the social fabric unravel once and it was bad enough the first time and they don't want to go there. So, uh, again, people are eminently restrained and reasonable, much more than, much more than they, they are given credit for, despite the, the sound effects you're having in the back. Uh, but it wasn't up to them the first time. It took a lot of engineering to destroy this country. It was not something that just happened one day that people decided to go throw a grenade through their neighbor's window. There was a lot of effort to create a sense of inevitability, sense of fear, try to homogenize people. And that's, you know, you've got two newspapers in front of me. Every, every day you see that. And it's been going on nonstop for seven years. Every day they're trying to create yet again a sort of that group, that group, yes. this is inevitable. Yes, yes. And, and, and on top of that, you have all the, all the anniversaries of all the, all the evil crap that happened 20-odd years ago, uh, daily. Uh, so um, it's, it's an argument. It's, 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 an impo- it's not imponderable. It's, it's unknowable in the abstract uh, uh, that, uh, yeah, a lot of people say I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight, but then in the next sentence they'll say, yeah, but if they try to leave, uh, we'll clobber them. Uh, within the same breath, and you don't know what to believe. Uh, I think I think that there's there's certainly all the ingredients for organized violence, politically organized violence. Uh, it's all preventable. It's deterrable, uh, and frankly, it's our job to deter it. Uh, legally speaking, that's that's our responsibility under the Dayton Agreement. Uh, if we want to get beyond that, and we do. You should. Uh, there needs to be a system that is not as vulnerable to that those those kinds of uh, that kind of exploitation. That is what the vast majority of citizens of this country want. Uh, and now is a unique window of opportunity uh, to recognize that and 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 trim our sails accordingly. So it's it's in our own interest. It's not just a humanitarian gesture. I mean, because that's not why we came here in the first place. Uh, there was a, you know, the NATO was about to collapse because there were huge transatlantic rifts over what to do here. Uh, so I think, I think that, um, I think that the, you don't, the young people are sort of the imponderable factor because they have been subject to this, this indoctrination. Now you, you see a lot of them don't, don't do what they, the people who instructed them want them to do or think the way they want them to think. They're much more savvy in general, uh, and, and, and utilitarian. It's like, okay, I might join this party if it might get me a scholarship, but you know, I, I'm still not going to vote. Yeah. <laughs> that Which kind of thing. cool, actually, because yeah. the old ways of manipulating people may not work, at least for that generation. There's not enough of them, perhaps. But People, people, people are pretty crafty. They, 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 they learn, you know, the, the, system, the system is manipulative, but they are manipulative back. Uh, and but it's but it's 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 not something it's 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 not a way people people feel comfortable living. I mean, it's it, there's 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 all sorts of built in dishonesty that that gnaws at people uh, and and the corruption that comes along. I mean, this the system was designed to be corrupt. I mean, uh, the, 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 it was you, it's it's institutionalized warlord politics here and we midwifed it. I think. 
given the time frame, that was probably the only way in late 1995 to, to get 60,000 NATO troops in here. Uh, but it's not a durable solution. Uh, and if, you know, I'm not of a socialist background, but I didn't understand the concept of class war until I got here. Now I really think it makes sense because you have a ruling class that runs everything, all of it. I'm, I'm interested as a person who's always watching uh, conflicts and post-conflict places in any initiatives, uh, large or small, to reconcile, to bring groups together and, and sort of handle that stress and that, that trauma. Um, I'm curious what initiatives you've followed or you know of in this country, anything interesting that's been happening these last few years? There, there's a lot that's interesting that's been happening these past few years. Of course, the most interesting stuff gets very little high visibility public attention because it doesn't serve the interests of the people who run the media, uh, who own the various newspapers. Um, one thought about recon- the, the term reconciliation that you use that I, that, that I think needs to be said you know, you, quite often you hear the sort of Germany-France comparison. The European Union types love to do this because it's, it's what they know. It's what the EU is built around. Fine. Difference between this and that, first of all, Germany was unconditionally defeated, surrendered, occupied. Uh, we didn't have that here. Uh, if we did, I think we would, have been in a, uh, we would have been in a much better place to design a functioning system. Uh, but even more so more important than that maybe is is that there's a sense that it's not over here uh and and regionally that 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 all the questions you know all serbs in one state for example all those questions are considered still open questions because they're the 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 international posture hasn't been particularly strong on that in my view uh if it were clear that you know these borders are going to remain these borders and that's that. There's not going to be an independent RS, not just because we won't recognize it, but we'll prevent it. And that's why there should be a troop presence in Birchko, that town I told you about. Because if there is, then you can't put it together. Now let's talk about reality. How do we make Serbs happy in this state? Let's talk about that. Uh, so it's very hard to reconcile with all those open questions. It's not because it can't be done. Now, uh, pertinent to, to, to what you just asked me, one of the most interesting things that's happened in the past few years is uh, a self-organized veterans organization here uh, of people who fought in the Armia, the, the, the Bosnian state, Republic of Bosnia Army. Um, not one of, the, of what, what you could call the professional veterans organizations that acts as an interest group uh, to sell their votes and block to party X, Y, or Z. But um, these guys took up a collection during this economic crisis to help people from the army they fought in Republika Srpska who were in even harder circumstances. Their locally organized RS veterans, again, not one of the official groups, but, okay. but uh, decided what to do with that money. And they decided, if I recall correctly, to, to instead of parceling it out, give it in block to one guy who needed a new roof before winter. Now, that got so little attention in the media, but people know about it, but it, because it didn't fit the script. That kind of thing wasn't supposed to happen. 
veterans of one side raising money to help veterans the from their side. side. Yeah, and so that that tells you there's a lot more possible below the waterline in terms of the way average people view their condition and view each other uh, than what you would gather from the official version. Uh, there's also there's a film you could find it. It's it's a, it's a place called the Center for Post Conflict Research, and there's another person who spoke at this conference where where I spoke last year that, uh, that through which we got in touch. Uh, her name is Velma Sharich. And okay, and she did a film called Remembrance Six Seven Seven. It was Pomene Shestesit Sedum Six Seven Seven, and she. Um, the upshot of it is they followed three three young people of that cohort you were talking about earlier, like twenty or under, whose lives were affected by the war, but they don't remember it. So you had the the youngest guy who had been wounded because his mom was carrying him down to the basement, uh, and she got hit by a mortar, and he so he was an amputee at two months old, and he was from somewhere here in the rural area around Sarajevo. There was a gal from Birchko who was uh, whose father was in the war, and he got all, he was all screwed up uh, psychologically and substance abuse problems and she decided to become a therapist as a result of that. And there was a kid who's uh, from Varesh in central Bosnia who's Croat who, um, whose mom died of a heart attack from overwork when they were refugees and living, living in Croatia uh, and then he moved back to the town we came from with his dad and his friends and they put these three, ki- three kids uh, together and uh, and then they followed three adults who had war experiences. One guy who was in an internment camp for the whole war, basically, outside Sarajevo. One who had been in the Croat forces who was taken prisoner by the state army and clobbered. Uh, and then a woman, the worst, the worst one in my view was a, a woman who had been, you know, repeatedly raped nonstop in in Vlasenica and Republika Srpska by the guy, the guy who sort of forced her to 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 be with him, and then then he sort of passed it around to his friends. Awful stuff. But given all the ingredients I just gave you, you would think it was, and it was pretty harrowing. I came out of it feeling positive because it was very. The way they tied it all together showed that, that despite all of that, people people have been able to rise above it and move on with their lives and, and actually uh, not just move on with their lives by compartmentalizing it, but start to deal with it and, and discuss it rationally and say, we don't want that shit. We want to we we have a, a situation where our kids don't have to even think of, of that kind of life. Uh, uh, this, is, this is despite all of its handicaps institutional, historical. Uh, this is not a hopeless place, but it, it, it will take it will take effort and creativity to wire it wire things together in such a way that you could finally, you know, shift into reverse out of the dead end we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's eminently possible. And now is the time to be thinking about that because there's there uh, nobody who is a slight bit intellectually honest would be able to say things are moving in the right direction at all now. Uh, they, they can't sugarcoat it anymore, and they did for a while. Yeah. Particularly the external actors would say, oh, it's not that bad. The country's got a European perspective. Mm-hmm. Happy talk. As logic stands, you can't meet a man who's from the future. 
Uh, Kurt Bassiner, thanks so much for uh, meeting me. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you for thank you for talking to me. Yeah, and hopefully uh, things will indeed. Uh, I like the <laughs> the description of getting out of the dead end, you know, reverse and out. And uh, I'll come back and and we'll hear about how things are going better. <laughs> knocking on wood here. Thanks. And and interestingly, you're you're um, you're in it. You're you're staying. You're you're. This yeah, is your it's a life sentence. Uh, I I I, uh, I got interested. I ended up working for two guys who had, had resigned from the State Department over Bosnia policy in 1993, and I didn't know them at the time, but they set up an NGO, and that's how I became a policy weasel. And so it's it's uh, it's personal. That was Kurt Bassiner in Sarajevo in May 2013. And you can find links to his organization and his writing on citizenreporter.org. While you're there, you can subscribe to this podcast as well as donate via PayPal or Flatter to keep this independently run and funded program alive. For all of you that have done so and continue to do so, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Next week, we will hear stories of Bosnia from a couple that has seen many changes over the past 40 years. So stay tuned for that. Until next week, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. See ya. See ya.